Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you all. We're here with the Weather of the Mind podcast. We're trying to create practical approaches to emotional health in general, trying to engage in conversation on a weekly basis and uh, keep our listeners encouraged and reminded that we are working on this together. The biggest challenge we all face, it seems, at least on some level, is uh, some isolation of modern society. So we're trying to balance that out with feeling connected and feeling like we're moving towards meaningful goals, trying to keep people, uh, yeah, trying to trying to move things in the right direction here. So today is an episode on emotional health in the news. And uh, I give this one a lot of thought. And sometimes you give things a lot of thought and it leads you to a certain place. And sometimes you give it a lot of thought and you feel like you're wandering around a big old labyrinth. Today, a little of both. I was thinking, Emotional health in the news. I was thinking if we got a daily newspaper, a weekly newspaper, and there was a section, like in the New York Times, a section called emotional health, a weekly section, what would we want to see in there? Because it's like, I think we all understand the problem. We experience the problem, either in our own lives or in the lives of our families or our our neighborhood, our schools. I mean, this is this is part of our challenge. Every community, every time and place in history has their set of challenges. And certainly one of our challenges is emotional health. And the part that gets labyrinthian for me is how everything is so interconnected. It's like we can't really talk about emotional health without talking about desperation. We can't talk about desperation without talking about economic desperation and uh, people struggling to pay the bills and the stress that puts on them. We can't talk about emotional health without talking about the breakdown of our religious communities and really what is the purpose of religion and where is religion for us or the equivalent So I'm going to try to touch on a few of these things briefly today and mention a few articles that have picked my interest in in this type of direction. So let's start with talking about desperation and how it's related to economics. There was uh, an article in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine by Alex Gertner out of UNC Chapel Hill. And he reviewed all 50 states from 2006 to 2016. So looked at a 10-year recent swath of American uh, state history and compared uh, suicide rates with years that they rose the minimum wage by at least a dollar. And when he found that there was a direct correlation, um, the correlation is not causation, but he saw a correlation between when states lowered, uh, I'm sorry, when states increased their minimum wage by a dollar, they saw a suicide rate go down by 2%. So what this is reminding us is that a lot of suicide or emotionally desperate situations occur because of economic reasons. So if we're trying to address holistically emotional health, we have to think about 
uh, economic opportunities and economic challenges and economic support through these challenges. So I wanted to put that just out there as a little bit, something to think about as we think about economics. But the other part of that is we also have to think about how we spend our money because while it would be better if we got paid more, we also can decide how we want to use the resources we do accumulate. Because I imagine a lot of us are spending way too much money on things that are maybe not necessary. I am troubled by how much people are spending every month on health insurance and on uh, loans, especially loans for college. So you can't even talk about mental health without talking about loans for college. This notion of uh, indentured servitude, how that affects people. You can't talk about emotional health without talking about the cost of health care and just basic needs. I wonder if we did have some sort of universal health care, what that would, how that would affect uh, emotional health immediately because a lot of people's stress is knowing that they have their health care covered or not. So a lot of economic realities have to be included in the conversation. And I think that going forward, the more often economic conversations are linked with just basic, decent quality of life, the better off both conversations will be. We've gone through a period of over-specialization in academia where people are focused on their little niche, little niche, little niche, but we need to step back from that. We need to, ha- we need to have more holistic points of view. We need to be thinking about our connection to nature and the environment, our our economic realities, these are all very much related to our emotional health. So let's take that transition and jump into the Journal of Psychology of Religion and Spirituality. And here I found an article that was talking about the feeling of oneness. They say This article talked about the feeling of oneness and, and dwelling and experiencing that feeling is seemingly more valuable to people than having concrete religious beliefs. So concrete religious beliefs would be like, I believe in X, Y, and Z. This is my faith. That's a very rational, rational thought. But being in that feeling space, feeling of oneness, the feeling of oneness might be the most important thing for our emotional health. Now the feeling of oneness can come in from various places. You can Feel at oneness while you're making dinner with your family, perhaps. You can feel at oneness when you are going for a hike by yourself in the woods and just listening to the the wind is blowing through the leaves and gently gently singing notes that are barely perceptible. The birds are chirping, creek is trickling on by. Ah, you're just in that space and you kind of just maybe lose yourself and just feel like I'm part of this 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 woods right now I'm part of this ecosystem all as well so where do we find this oneness um, this oneness can be felt playing tennis with a friend this oneness can be felt sometimes at your job so thinking about this oneness and where we find this feeling of oneness so what does this oneness mean oneness means that so a lot of times we're feeling 
our oneness is just our own isolated one. But oneness in this sense is feeling that we are very much connected, that we are part of this larger fabric. The, the, the atoms and the materials that make up my body were part of that lettuce plant and that chicken and that apple. And that was part of the soil. The world is flowing through me and I am flowing through the world. So again, those are nice thoughts to have, but if you are financially stressed, maybe there's not the place for those, I don't know. But I feel like we have to pursue all avenues concurrently. So we think about economics, think about this feeling of oneness, this feeling of connection. Another thing to think about in related to connection is religion. Now, I used to teach religion courses at a Catholic high school in Brooklyn, and I would tell my students the word religio, the word religion comes from the word religio, Latin for to bind. So the core origin of religion, at least the concept in the word, was about binding, was about connection, was about a community, was about that feeling of oneness, knowing that you are part of something much larger than yourself. So that religio to bind is the most important aspect. So the word religion does not come from, does not first and foremost mean honoring God or honoring something beyond. It's about being a part, being connected, being bound. So that's kind of connects to this notion of oneness. Where are you finding oneness in your week? That's your homework assignment. Think about where you find oneness, work, play, family, otherwise. And maybe also think about where you feel the most alone. And maybe we can sketch out our own spectrums. One end of the spectrum we can see and the other end of the spectrum. And maybe that will give us some hints for health in our own lives. The third article I wanted to point out today was from the International Journal of, Soci of the Sociology of Leisure or Leisure. How do people spend their free times? Another interesting thing to think about. Leisure. We have some free time. How are we spending it? What are we doing with our free time? Is it restoring us or is it moving us further in isolation? Are there enough opportunities in society to go and connect? Or do we feel like there's a whole world there, but I'd just rather sit in my room and just be on my computer. That's really a fundamental question we're facing. Because a lot of people are saying, I'll just stay home and be on my computer. I can sort of connect with people that way, and that's fine. But is there something different about connecting in person or physically moving our bodies and getting out there into, uh, into our neighborhoods, village, and cities? So in this... This, this article was talking about the art of the circus, and it was focused on <clears throat> a circus school uh, in, in Australia and how they were finding tremendous, tremendous benefits to the youth who joined this circus school. And this circus school is not necessarily to make you a professional in circus. It is more... It's like another sporting option, but it's like an alternative sport. It's not football or baseball. It's not through the high school, but it's another place for junior high, high school kids, and, and adults 
to go and find exercise and camaraderie, to learn juggling, to learn trapeze. And these are starting to pop up and they seem to be doing really well and providing a niche for connection, a niche where you can find meaningful goals, a niche where you can find camaraderie, a niche where you can see yourself grow and improve. Again, I've when it, when people ask me if I have one solution, it really is that people find a weekly group which they can connect with and feel kindred with. And if they're not group people, try to set up one or two meetings a week, uh, a tea or a lunch or making a meal with a, a friend, just a weekly ritual where you're connecting, you're feeling a little bit of that oneness, you're getting out of your normal routine and you're kind of recharging your batteries. I mean, I think this is one of the challenges we face is if you think of where we come from in human history, humans have gained a lot of individual independence. You look to the United States, in many ways, we are freer than ever. You could argue that with economic constraints, it's we're not as free as we, we'd like to be, but we are at least theoretically as free as we've ever been. But it seems that what goes hand in hand with this freedom, the cost of the freedom is isolation. Now we trade in this isolation for and give up some freedom when we get married, when we have a family. So it's always a, an exchange of our freedom versus, um, you know, being connected. We sacrifice our own wild independence to be connected in different ways and commit to different things, to commit to jobs, to commit to relationships. How do we find the right balance? How do we find the right balance? And I think, I think a lot of people feel they find the balance through the computer because you can kind of be connected and do whatever you want to do, but you're still sort of connected via your phone and you're sort of connected via the social media. But are you truly free and are you truly connected? I think, I think we have to really evaluate how technology is working in this equation and how being connected over technology feels in comparison to being connected uh, in person over coffee or at a circus school. So I think, I think this is a good little brainstorm. Remember, we talked about economics and we talked about how does economics relate to this feeling of despair. Economic realities are a big part of it. Isolation is a big part of it. So we have to keep these things in mind as we try to make plans for ourselves or our family or our children. This is a good brainstorm. I thank you for being here with me and please send some thoughts and comments if you got them. A little bit of a brainstorm mode today, but that's just where we're at today. And uh, I'll put a few links to the articles in the notes on weatherofthemind.org. Next week, we have Up Series documentary reflections. We got 49 up, and then two weeks after that, we'll have the last one, 56 up. Well, 63 up is coming out in May, so I might have a review of that new one as well. But we're pretty much moving to wrap that up soon. If you haven't listened to the Up Series episodes, 
they're really worthwhile even if you're not following the series. I basically, you know, will take one or two themes and wander off of those. And a lot of people have been enjoying those episodes without actually watching the documentary. And then we have a, a special episode in two weeks. Walt Whitman's 200th birthday is coming up, May 31st, 2019. So I'm going to do a special episode on Walt. And we're going to talk about his contribution to American culture, to poetry. I'm quite curious to explore how Walt Whitman fits into our emotional uh, emotional health uh, curriculum we're trying to build and design. We talked about this season two of whether the mind is focused on biography, watching this up series, watching people grow up in the stages of their lives and understanding just like growing up a healthy tomato plant, growing up a healthy human. What does this human require? What are the soils of culture that are important? All right, let me let you get out of here. So maybe think of that spectrum. One end of the spectrum, you write the word oneness. Other end of the spectrum, white, write the word isolation. And think about during your week, where do you find yourself at different places on that spectrum from feeling very connected, almost dwelling in that oneness of your work, your home, your walk in the woods, whatever. And then think about where you feel most isolated and alone. And not, not on your own in a good way, but in a negative sort of isolated, like not enough connection. All right, people, that's a good wrap for today. Keep living and learning. Keep uh, respecting the meandering river. That is all things. And um, yeah, we're in this together. Take notes, share them, drop me a line. Peace.